0: All right, Heather. A, B, C, D, E, or super secret category F?
1: I mean, it's a secret category. We got to go with F.
0: F. I'm debuting F right now. And F is uh, questions from listeners. Um, we actually had one this week from a friend of Jason's. He was more or less asking... Um, like Tucker.
2: Shout out to Tucker. He he listens sometimes.
0: Yeah, Tucker. Um, he was more or less asking, "How is Avatar doing so well when nobody is actually talking about the movie Avatar?" Isn't that a quick summation of what he asked, Justin? Yeah, yeah.
2: basically, he's just you know he doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like there's much of a buzz or a craze for it, and he's questioning the box office total.
0: Yeah. Um, I looked into it a little bit. To me, it's a very, very simple explanation. A, uh, foreign markets. Just the movie has done like 1.3 billion in foreign markets. Actually has not done incredibly well in China, which is surprising to me. It's done okay in China, don't get me wrong, but it hadn't done what you expect Avatar to do in China. You know, because they'll release Avatar 1 in China. Just, you know, they've done like three releases that are solely in China of the first Avatar. Um, but it's just done so much money in foreign markets. I mean, don't get me wrong. In the US, it's done gangbusters too. It's done, you know, 500 million here in the United States alone. Uh, but to kind of break that down a little bit, came out in the middle of December, and nothing else has come out since. Just nothing else. Yeah, I know The Whale came out wide, and but you know, it was like the most limited wide release ever, and then Babylon came out, and I don't know anybody that's seen Babylon. You know, it's it's a bunch of fucking just random bullshit movies that have come out, and also so there's just nothing. There's nothing else coming out. So you hit two holiday weekends in a row. Of the only real movie playing in most theaters is Avatar. And then when you look at things like it's the only movie that's getting premium viewing experiences. Your 3Ds, your IMAXs, your 4DX videos, your Dolby Digitals, your Atmos all these crazy viewing experiences that cost more money. It's the only one doing those because typically they cycle through those as more movies come. Nothing, nothing's come out. That's going to take it out of those things, you know? So there's that aspect of it, which automatically just means higher ticket prices. So therefore more box office. I think another factor of it is what I would call avatar syndrome, which the movie makes a lot of money and has no fucking lasting cultural impact. That's, that's what avatar movies do. So that's kind of this one. I think part of it is too, is the fact that what are you really going to talk about with the movie? Like, like, You're not sitting there watching Avatar and going, oh, my God, I need to find someone else that has seen Avatar so I can talk about Avatar.
1: Yeah, that's fair.
0: Because you're both going to say the same thing. Oh, man, that movie looked great. It, It was a bunch of nothing, but, man, it looked great. And you can only have that conversation so many times, especially considering that's kind of ultimately what you've been saying about the first Avatar for the last five years. Anyway, you know what I mean? Like, so what buzz is there? I mean, it's just, it's a, it's, it's a movie, you know, and that's kind of what is going to happen with it. And it's, you know, I was kind of surprised by how much money the movie had made. But then, like, you look at foreign markets, we like to think that we're the only country that releases movies, you know. So, in these other markets, our movies, you know, they always make some money. They do okay. They do this and that. But, like, ultimately, when it boils down to it, it takes big mega franchises to really get people in foreign markets to come see our movies. And, you know, so... Avatar can do it because in some countries, that's the only fucking movie they're showing from us is avatar. You know what I mean? Like true. It's little things like that. There's also the, the deals that Disney does with theaters where they're like, Hey, theater chain, you want to, you know, you want to show avatar. And they're like, yeah. And then they go, okay, give us eight of your screens and we'll give you avatar. And then they go, we only have 10 screens. And then Disney goes, that sounds like a you problem. You want Avatar, it goes on eight of them for yep. four weeks. So
2: every so every time imaginable is available to the moviegoer. Yeah. Every time available. Like, I remember looking at that list that the, the second week it was out, And, I mean, it was just almost every time imaginable. I had so many options as far as time to see that movie. Like, it was crazy. So,
0: yeah. I changed my movie time the day of because I was like, oh, there's a different show time. I'll just do that one. That's more convenient.
2: It's a what? Two? What is it? Two forty? What was? How long was it? Three? Three hours and 11 minutes. 311, man. And still had all those showtimes. Like.
0: Dude, my theater that I go to that ever since COVID doesn't show a movie before 1 p.m. Had like 930 showings in the morning of Avatar. (laughs) You know what I mean? They crammed in extra showings of just Avatar. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what it boils down to. Like these movies might not be selling out. They might not be full screens, all this shit, but they've just got more show times. Yeah. Well you add it all up. Yeah. You know, it's just one of those things that like it it just it makes sense if you look at the all the circumstances that have surrounded the release of Avatar. You know? I mean This weekend was its biggest challenger with Megan. Outside of that, nothing's even come close to doing anything to just hurt Avatar. Because even then, when you're going to the movies and stuff like you got to look at Christmas and shit like that, like. People are going and seeing family movies and shit like that. And I, I don't even think there was any family movies out at the time. I think Puss in Boots came out last weekend. So no one else was fucking seeing anything like, you know, like what else could you go to, to see a family friendly movie? So, I don't know. Makes yes. sense to me. that's Talk- up. But Mm -hmm. I get it though. Good question though. Because he saw the movie and was like, how the fuck are people watching this?
1: I get it. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Like, how, like, when I saw it, I'm like, how the fuck is this really going to hit 2 billion? How's it going to do 2 billion? And then I look at the box office and I'm like, fuck, it's done 1.8. It's going to be fine. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. sometimes it just kind of shows that sometimes there's a formula for the success of it. You know, it comes out at the right time and the right placement and um, a little bit of hype. It's a sequel, so people are already kind of familiar with what it is. And it just, you know, sometimes that's a recipe for success in and of itself. Just... Timing, and, like you said, those foreign markets and everything like that, it just it all adds up, man, and you gotta add all of it up. You can't just look at well, nobody's going crazy about it and and that's like and that and I guess too, what that shows is that social media can sometimes be deceiving as well. You might think something is hot and then be surprised at how like bad it does or something like that. Like honestly, Megan did pretty well this weekend. It it made a good chunk of money, but the, but if you go by like the craze that it had on social media and all, and how many times I saw it and all of this kind of stuff, I honestly expected it to make more and it did well. For a $12 million movie, it did very well. But, you know, sometimes social media can be deceiving.
0: I mean, social media made it seem like it hit like $120 million this opening weekend. And it yeah. hit like 30 which is still Game yeah. Because Like you said, Justin, yeah. $12 million movie. Opening yeah. weekend, it made a profit. Bam, right out the gate, yeah. profit.
2: Yeah, it more than doubled. Its budget (laughs) that's amazing that's amazing and then if it's a 12 million dollar budget you gotta also think about how much money they didn't spend like that means that like it was just a lot of uh, it it was just um, probably the majority of their advertising was social media
0: the way you always look at movies budgets is advertising is never included so you've got your 12 million is just to make the movie
2: and then for every... Okay, that's not including. Okay. Yeah.
0: So what you know do that. to include budget for advertising is you look at it like, and that's why you end up having to double or sometimes 2.5 times a movie's budget to find out what you need to recoup advertising. So the rule of thumb used to be for every dollar you spent making the movie, you had to spend $1 in advertising. So you spent 12000000 million, you're spending at least $12 million promoting it. You know, that was always the logic. It's gone up more so lately. It is actually closer to a 2.5, you know, buffer. So it's, you know, for every dollar you spend making it, you're spending $1.5 to promote it, you know, because you have to get it all over the place, just everywhere now. So that is kind of more of a rule of thumb now, but either way, okay, let's say it has to 2.5, it's, you know, budget. It did it in its opening weekend. It's done. Every yeah. dollar it makes after that is just pure profit.
2: And I want to say it's at 48 worldwide.
0: Yeah. It made 30 so, in us, 48 worldwide. So it's already made an $18 million profit. One weekend in.
2: Yeah. One weekend in, but yeah. Yeah. So, so which is great, but like, like, but like you said, you would have thought though, the craze that it had coming out you and the, and just how much I saw it and they got yeah. Megan showing up to events and all of this other kind of crazy stuff. I thought it was going to be much bigger than 30. Beef on and Twitter PG-13. Yeah. And it's PG-13.
0: There were so, so many, many children in my movie. So yep, many children. Me too.
1: Really? And mm-hmm. I say
0: that I literally watched that movie just a couple of hours ago. <laughs> yeah. So I went to work, got off work, watched the movie, came home, took a shower, and now I'm recording. Like, that's the events of my day for this movie. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, there were so many children. So it's just like, Jesus but and you know we'll talk about the movie in a moment. That's our that's our topic this week if you if you couldn't tell by the episode title. You know. Um but yeah, that's just kind of what it is with Avatar. It's it's just what they do. You know, like they just come in and just make some billions and leave. And you're not going to give a fuck about Avatar 2 again until Avatar 3 comes out. You know. So, I don't know. That's my best reasonable explanation for the success of Avatar. I don't think it's crazy numbers, or I don't think it's anybody doing anything crazy with the numbers. I just think it's a perfect storm of it just was going to make a bunch of money. So, you guys ready to jump on to, to, to Megan, but three again.
1: <laughs> yes. deal. Yeah.
0: And with all that though,
1: um, if
0: you want to submit a question for the category F, eh, hit us up. Social media, Twitter, email. You know, you don't have to do it publicly. You can just send one of us a message. If you know us personally, text it. It's fine. It'll end up Oh, are yeah. Movie. Somebody will listen
1: to me. Nobody knows anything but you. All right. Are you
2: ready? Come on. Cinema Slayer. Slayer.
0: Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Heather and Justin. And tonight, we are going to talk about what we liked, didn't like, and everything in between with the new movie, Megan. We will go recommendations and scores. Or, we know we don't go recommendations and scores first, guys. What are you talking about? You two are crazy. Because we this start with... you up. We start with spoiler-free... <laughs> Then we go into recommendations and scores and then into a more spoiler centric section. I can't believe the both of you forgot that we go spoiler free the first. That is preposterous. Just preposterous. How long have we been doing this guys? Come on, get it together. (laughs) For shame. With all that. uh, Justin, since you've talked the most about Megan, what are your spoiler free thoughts about this here movie?
2: All right. Look, ever since I saw the for the preview for this, I was in, and I can't really explain why. Like, it, it's kind of hard to explain why I was just all in on this movie from the beginning, but I don't know. It just, I saw it, and it was just kind of love at first sight. I was like, huh, I got a feeling that this movie is probably going to be good against all of my better instincts. I knew it looked just like a Chucky 2.0 or a 3.0. We already saw a child's play remake where they tried to do something similar and kind of update Chucky. And that was, and you know, we kind of walked away from that. Like that wasn't quite the best idea. So, and, and it's funny because a lot of this movie is, on certain levels, what you see is what you get. You kind of know what this is. this is a doll a i toy gone crazy, and oh we're gonna get some we're gonna get some killing spree from this doll, and it's just gonna be all this craziness and of course our whoever our good guys are, are gonna have to make confront this doll or this a i or whatever it winds up being um and despite all of that. Despite all of those things, despite some of those cliches and despite me knowing kind of how this was going to go. I enjoyed the ride, man. I enjoyed this movie. I thought it was funny. I thought that um, the movie kind of knew what it was like as far as just um, leaning more into the comedy uh, than it did the horror, which was probably smart because of the the PG-13 rating. Though I would argue some more gore might have actually helped my enjoyment of this. I think that w- w- when I liked what they did, but I probably could have loved what they did, maybe, if it was R-rated. But I hear that there is an R-rated extended cut, so I wonder what that's going to be. But, but, you know, that could be deceptive. That could just mean we're going to let cuss words go or something. You know, you just never know with those
0: R-ratings. I'm not going to lie that there were some scenes in this movie that I feel like the dialogue would have benefited greatly if a fuck was said.
2: Probably so. Right. So, you know, the R rating could be that. So who knows that that doesn't necessarily mean more gore. Um, So there is that, but I don't know, man. I thought it was well, it was well produced uh, too. I think surprisingly, I mean, especially when I found out the budget was $12 million. talk about doing more with less. Like, I thought that this was well shot. I thought it was well directed. Um, Megan, whenever it was CGI or whenever it was one of the two or three actors that played Megan or whether it was a, a combination of both, she's seamless throughout the whole movie. The effects were good. She looked good. She interacted well with the other actors. I thought that all of that came across like it needed to. Um, and, and the acting was pretty good too, especially the, the child actress that we had in this. And I have to give her a shout out, uh, Violet McGraw. She was very good, very good kid. Um, Had to convey a lot of emotions. You know, what happens to this kid in the story is pretty heavy and the kid had to kind of portray a lot of different emotions and 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 she did very very well with that i thought i was impressed with her on some of the scenes and what she was able to do and how she was able to interact with megan whatever megan was at that moment um so yeah i liked all of that The story, like I said, is pretty much what you see is what you get. It's a pretty simple story. It goes about how you think it's going to go. So I can't give it any points for innovations or anything like that. But beneath the surface, though, I thought that there is a good message here about the Internet and our relationship to it, kids' relationships, to electronics our dependency on like things like that and there's like a kind of a, a cautionary tale story with this about human connection versus what we do with machines and how we use our phones and all of that kind of stuff i do think that there is a message beneath the surface the surface that i didn't expect them to lean into But when they did, it was effective, I thought. And I thought that that message came across. So even though I'm laughing sometimes and even though, yes, I, I, you know, there was just there, there was killing sometimes. And then Megan is doing Megan stuff all the time, which a lot of that stuff I thought was fun. I thought Megan was a lot of fun. I really like this character, but I like that stuff beneath the surface, man. That's how you get me. That's how you get me to like you. If you have something more to say beyond just this is going to be a killer doll doing stuff, then I'm probably going to like it more than most of the other killer doll uh, robot goes crazy things. And I think that's why this is a cut above those, so to speak, because it it had more to say beyond just its simple premise. And I think it was executed well. I don't think it tried to operate beyond its means. It didn't try to be too smart for its own good. It didn't try to be too horrific for its own good. It didn't, and it didn't overstay its welcome. I want to say the movie's like an hour and 40 minutes or something like that. So it doesn't overstay its welcome. It ended around the time I felt like it needed to. So yeah, all in all, um, I thought it was enjoyable. It, it's simple it uh, the, the villain is good the characters were good and the story while a simple kind of predictable story I thought it was executed well so it gets all those points from me so I feel like I was right man I feel like the, the preview didn't steer me wrong and yeah I was really feeling Megan so I hope we get another one as a matter of fact
0: Heather what about you
1: Yeah, I mean, while I will say, you know, the the preview doesn't steer you wrong in sort of what type of movie to expect it to be, I think one of my biggest issues with the movie is they kind of show all of the surprising or scary or, like, fun parts in the trailer already. So I feel like it they they would have benefited if the trailer didn't show as much as they did of some of the things that they do in this movie, because I'm just thinking about certain scenes and I'm like, man, if I didn't know that that was coming, that would have really creeped me out or, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's sort of the biggest flaw with the movie is just the fact that you see so much of like the, the interesting things that Megan does up front ahead of time. And so nothing that happens with her, really feels like a surprise um, or no situation that she's in in this movie feels like a surprise because they do show a lot of that in the trailer. Um, So I think that was really my biggest problem with it, but I do think it is a slightly predictable movie. Like I feel like, yeah, it it pretty much is going to go the way that you're expecting like an AI gone wrong or gone evil movie is going to go. Right. But that's sort of the fun of it, and that's why you want to watch it, or that's why I want to watch it because it felt like it was gonna be a fun, fresh, sort of different take on that story, predictable maybe, but adding some new elements into it. so I was fine with that. I was on board with that um and I think that it definitely is an entertaining movie. I think it was it was a it was a fun ride, and um you know it had its moments but I do think that it's, there's not really enough originality in what they do in the movie as a whole for me to feel like it really stands out as much as I wanted it to. It's not a bad movie. It was still fun. Like I said, kind of like what you said, Justin, like the ride, it was so entertaining for sure. But I just feel like I think that, I don't know. I expected that it was going to be a little bit more um, set apart. Uh, for these types of movies just because of the hype it was giving and what you see from the previews but unfortunately what you see from the previews that is the the—that that's everything that you get in this movie they just kind of do extended versions of those scenes that you're like oh I want to see what they do with that part of the movie you kind of just yeah it's pretty much all kind of right there for you but I do think the acting was good. I do agree about the underlying story. I think it was actually a really profound sort of message there about um, grief and emotions and processing that. And they really did have some really good uh, story elements and a message behind it that I did enjoy. And I think that those were the more endearing and the parts about it that I guess would, if there was anything that made it more unique, it was probably those elements of, uh, of the movie. And, and I thought they did a good job with it. I think, um, Alison Williams, I think was a, she played the part well. I mean, for somebody whose whole life is technology, you know, she acts the way you expect her to act when like a new life change happens for her. Um, you know, the, the girl, um, Violet McGraw, she acts the way that, uh, (laughs) you know, that a girl who is sort of, also has a change in her life happening would act. Um, You know, I, I just, I think that they do those elements well, but I really just, I, I think it's, I wanted, I wanted more of Megan's shenanigans in this movie. I think that's really what it was like, cause it, they really do make it feel like this is the craziest AI robot that you've ever seen. And what they show you in even previews, you're like, okay, I'm in, let's go, because it looks like it it will be that. Um, I just think that you're right about the R rating. The R rating, I think if they would have done that, you would have seen some super crazy stuff and you would have been like, oh my goodness, like this is, yep, this was worth it. This is totally going to be something that sets it apart from other movies that are in the same sort of genre or storyline. But yeah, Um, it just unfortunately didn't stick out enough to me to say like this was awesome and it lived up to the hype of what I wanted it to be because I was excited for this movie. I just don't. Yeah, I do think unfortunately it just didn't do that for me. Not a bad movie. Still enjoyed it like on a base level, but it's not. Yeah, it's just a little bit less uh, outstanding in a way than I wanted it to be.
0: To me, this is a lesson of how to miss potential. It had all the potential in the world. And I don't think it really lived up to it. I mean, you get the trailer and you're, you're expecting like grade A level of bonkerness coming with this doll. And killing people and all these things. And then you get to the movie and you just get the trailer with some additional scenes. I mean, I I really thought that this was going to be a balls to the wall, just laugh riot and just violence. And in the end, I got kind of a watered down version of both. I mean, it had some solid jokes it had some solid horror elements and some solid kills, but like in the end, like the death counts like three or four people and you just kind of felt like there would be more. I mean, maybe I'm just slightly jaded and when it comes to these things, I just, I think a kill count in a movie with something like this should be at least in the tens, something. I just kind of thought that there would be more in this. I mean, every kind of cool thing that they do with the doll, you see in the trailers. That crazy, like, animalistic run thing she does. You get it in the trailers. That cool dance thing she does. You get it in the trailers. And then there's nothing else to those scenes, really, when it comes to stuff like that. And I felt a little disappointed with it. You know, especially like I think, uh, uh, you know, like we said earlier, both of you said, I think a rated R would have benefited it greatly. Just having some fucks here and there and some more blood, I think would have really hyped it up because there's just something weird about a movie when somebody sees this crazy animatronic serial killer doll dancing and shit just randomly in a hallway out of nowhere. And they're just like, oh, heck, got to get away. I'm like, that doesn't sound or feel like real life. Because, you know, realistically speaking, he's just sitting there going, the fuck is this? You know? And then once again, like, that's why I think movies need fucks. is because it feels more authentic to real life. I've, you know, lately I've been going to sleep, or my background TV show right now has been uh, Supernatural. And it's just really awkward at times, though when they're doing shit and a monster pops up or whatever surprises them and they're just like, oh, what the hell? When you know these grisly serial killing monster murderers would have no problem in real life going, what the fuck is that? So it's always weird. Like, that's where I feel like that weird disconnect when you have things that feel like they should be more adult and they're tailored to younger people. It gets a little weird to me. I do agree that this did have a unique message with things. I liked that it was a little bit telling about technology and screen time and all those things. I liked that it had an interesting perspective on the way children especially nowadays and even older people would uh, deal with death. You know? It's so much easier now to deal with the loss by just burying yourself in social media and other things and, you know, to just avoid actually acknowledging what you're feeling. I thought, and I, I really thought that those things were genuinely awesome, but it's surrounded by shit that you, like I said, it's just a trailer. And then it's, it's surrounded by every single robot slash AI trope since fucking Johnny five and Robocop. Every single movie that's dealt with AI and robots and sentience and all this other stuff, it does all of those tropes. I'm kind of tired of that. I'm a little worn down on that. Like, just because, like, at what point, like, in the last, you know, in 40 years, why has nobody, when they developed an AI, thought about actually putting, like, hard boundaries on it from the beginning? They always imply that they do. They say they do, but like, then they always like fail. Like, I mean, come on, that's RoboCop to a T like this and that. And like, you know, putting the boundaries in this and blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, the sentient robot, it always learns to override its programming. And how come no sentient being or like AI or robot ever learns from its behavior and is just nice still? Why do every time they learn, do they have to murder people every time? It's a little weird. And it's also, like I said, to me, a little tiresome. I mean, there's some fun elements to the movie. I'm not going to say that, it, you know, it's not one of those things where I went and saw the movie and I'm just like, fuck. Had to get through that one. And part of the benefit of that is what Jasper brought up. It's an hour 45. You know, I think it could have shaved a little time off and gone with that super, you know, crawl or, you know, menu levels type of stuff where it's like, you keep it that tight hour and a half, that tight 90 minutes. I don't have enough time to think your movies bullshit. You get in, you get out. I don't have time to sit there and go, Well, this is taking too long. This is dumb. This is like, you know what I mean? You just, you're going too brisk for me. I think it should have done that. But it still benefits from being short. Because if this was two hours, oh, I would have hated it. I guarantee it. Because that other 13 minutes would have just been more tropes of AI bullshit that I'm tired of. They would have filled 13 minutes of it. With that, and I would have just wanted to die. Now, if they did a two hour version of this movie, and I get another like 15 minutes of just people getting slaughtered, actually, you know, I might sign up for that. It just depends on what you're using your extra time for. And I felt like this movie had the number of deaths you have in a 90 minute movie, not in an hour 45. So, I don't know. I think it could have just benefited from cleaning some of that stuff up. Plus, it's a James, like James Wan wrote this movie. He wrote the story for this movie. When I think of a James Wan story, I think of some crazy fucking deaths. I think of some crazy shit. Because, you know, you're thinking Saw movies. You're thinking fucking, you know, malignant. You're thinking some crazy shit. And I think the crazy elements we did get in this movie come from him. Like that animal run. Like that bonkers dance scene in the hallway. I think that that comes from him. I just don't think they leaned enough into that.
1: You essentially wanted malignant level AI robot situation, I think. Kind of.
0: (laughs) I wanted, I mean, I wanted some crazy, awesome robot fight sequence bullshit. You know what I mean? I wanted her to be able to, like, grab onto people. And because she's a robot, she can, like, spin around differently. Like, do all this crazy shit. Like, you know, she already manipulated her body to run like an animal. Like, you, and you get elements of it. Like, little elements of it here and there. They never dive into it, though. They never fully commit to it. So, what I end up getting as far as a movie goes is I get a movie that's entertaining that could have been fucking entertaining. And I wanted, especially with all the bonkers fucking promotions they've done with this movie. You've got like eight Megans out on a fucking football field dancing at halftime. Why couldn't you get something like that in here? Why couldn't you get something to where, like, you know, they had a couple other prototypes for, like, types for the launch or whatever. They weren't really active yet, but they were kind of there. And then they kind of start doing some shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, really fucking with some of that shit. It's there. And I feel like I am just being about as spoilery as one can in technically what is called a non-spoiler section. So, I don't know. I just wish. Which was a little more at times. Uh, Recommendations and scores. Yep. Yep.
2: Recommendations and score.
0: What you got, Heather?
1: If you like those types of movies that are the AI robot, you know, gone crazy, or you know, if you if you're into those types of movies like a Chucky type of movie or something like that. I I don't see a reason why I wouldn't recommend this to you. I, I mean, I would say just go in knowing that you're not going to get something out of it that you probably haven't seen in other versions of that. But it's still a fun ride. You know, it still is. I mean, really, I guess just the the look of Megan and the the things that they talk about that she can actually do. Um you know, her functions and things like that. That part is cool. And I'll give you that, that that's a little bit different than some of the other things I've seen. But beyond that, I don't think you're getting anything, um, super original. So I wouldn't go into it thinking that that was going to be what this is. Um, it's a little bit misleading with the trailers because they put all the crazy kind of up front for you. Um, but it's a little bit more tame than it actually makes it out to be in the previews of it. But it still is enjoyable for what it is. I mean, it's, it's not something that I hated. It's yeah, it's, it's enjoyable. You just have to go into it sort of knowing what you're getting into up front. Um, but yeah, it's sure. I recommend it. I, 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 I didn't hate my time at it. You know, I I had a decent time at the movie watching it. So yeah, I mean sure. I say if you're if you're into those types of movies, go for it, watch it. Um I will probably give this um it's it's a passable movie. I I would say for sure. I'll, I'll give it um um 70 collectibles that you do not play with as toys out of 100.
0: Just don't.
2: Yeah. Um yeah, I recommend it. I think right now especially this is the time in where movies come out and I know that a lot of times uh people just say that Hollywood sort of dumps the 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 movies that they don't care about in January. January is is typically seen as a slow time for movies. Um this is probably one of the better movies out right now. I think I think that as far as what your options are and especially just going into January I th- I had a lot of fun with this so I would recommend it for that reason. Um I think uh, just based on what you guys said I guess your enjoyment of this is going to depend on I guess what uh, what you wanted I guess what you wanted this movie to be as far as like I, I think for me, I tapered my re, my um, expectations on the going violence because it was rated PG-13. So I kind of was walking in going, OK, it's not going to be Jason or Freddie or even Chucky. I knew going in from the PG-13 rating that I wasn't going to quite get that. Um, but I think what you do wind up getting is something that's a little more story driven I think than anybody expected. I think that the 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 trick of this movie, but also the the best thing about it, I think is that the premise is a simple one, and it's one that we've seen before, and we've seen the crazy doll go, the 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 friend doll or a i that goes crazy before. But I think what I got and what was a surprise and what I liked is that it's a lot more story-driven than it is kill-driven. It's a lot more about understanding the relationship between this kid and this doll and developing that more than it was about, oh, let's get to the killing. Like, it it, it took its time to get there. And then it's sort of Puts all it then it sort of clumps all that together. So it kind of so it so that third act really is where it shines in that way. But the first and the second act are very story driven, and I guess I appreciated that. I I, I don't th- know if I walked in thinking I was going to get a Jason or a Chucky level slasher. I can't say that I walked in expecting that. I think what I was surprised at is that I thought that the story was a lot better told than I thought it was going to be. And I think honestly, that's the strength of it more than that is the weakness of it. Um, And even though the killing and stuff like that was cool, could I have used more blood? Yes. Um, But I don't think that I mean more kills necessarily. I think that the kills you did have, if they were just bloodier and gory or a little more stylish or whatever, With the gore, that probably would have been enough for me. Um, I I think you couldn't do too much killing because you decided to lean more into the storytelling, and I think I I liked that. I think I like that made me like making, and I think that that's the strength of the film more than it is the weakness of the film. So yeah, um, I thought it was very enjoyable. It's very stylish. It's got it's it's got a sense of style too it's got a sense of confidence to it. And I was just really feeling that, man. You know, I I really was. It's got an energy to it that I think was palpable. And I liked it, man. I liked it. I just liked the vibe that it gave me. Didn't give me a lot of innovative things, but it gave me some good feelings. It gave me some good vibes and it, and it executed the story well. And sometimes a- that counts more than giving me something completely new. If you can just get, execute well, I'm going to like you probably more than I hate you. And uh, this movie is well executed, I think, in just about every facet. Uh, with that being said, we'll go, um, we'll go 85 hip rolls into backflips before you kill your creator's boss. Out
1: of a hundred. Hey.
0: I get what you're saying, Justin. And I think that that is a fair assessment of this. Like what you're expecting from this movie or how you want to like approach it going into the theater based on your interpretation of what the trailer is going to be. I think we'll color ultimately how much you enjoy this movie. And I don't know. I just, I don't think you can show me a hip rolling doll in a hallway and not expect me to see a dance kill number. That's all I'm saying. I wanted a dance kill number.
1: Kind of like that us. Like when they put that fighting kill thing.
0: To do like a step ball change into a stab. You know? Just something like that. I mean... I, I think and maybe that's one of my big problems with it is that it does go a little bit too back and forth with both versions of, like, this story. Because, like, we've gotten the version of the story where, yeah, Evil Doll does this, blah, 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 turns into a murderer. There's also, you know, other, you know, sci-fi and drama stories where you have the animatronic robot thing is artificially replacing a dead family member and, you know, it is a comfort for a while, but then it becomes too much and you have to abandon it or you have to leave it because you're not really ultimately healing due to that process. You know, there's a Black Mirror episode that's fantastic about that. And it, it has both of those elements in this. And maybe my problem with it is, is it kind of leans it goes back and forth and never really dedicates itself enough to either one. I think it should have leaned more into one or the other. And I think that that is fair though, Justin, when you're saying that like, it doesn't have to be, it leans into the slasher version. It doesn't have to, you know, it could have leaned into just the emotional story of it all. And given those lessons that we got, And still had some comedic elements. It still could have done some of that stuff. And I think balanced out better. It's just... This movie, she goes to violence so quick. So quick in the story does she go to... Like, I have to go to murder violence. That I do expect a higher body count than what we got. Like, when you start with violence that early in your evolution... Of robot AI-ness. I don't see why you wouldn't have got to more violence sooner. But, I oh don't know. Like I said, it's still it's still not bad. It's not terrible. Still, you know, for the most part, enjoyed it. I, I, I liked some of the, the jokes in it and stuff like that. And, you know... I'll recommend it, I suppose. I still think it's worth a watch. I especially think it's worth a watch if you haven't seen that much about it. I'll give it a passing score, too, I suppose. I'll give it a 60. 60 snow plows on a Winter stormed road out of a hundred. I think that's probably the most morbid score I've ever given. With all that, uh, official a score, uh, seventy-two.
1: Okay. So. I feel like it's definitely one of those movies that is, um, like you'll go to specific clips from the movie in the future <laughs> and definitely like a meme-worthy probably movie.
0: Uh spoilers?
1: Yeah. Yep. Spoilers.
0: I think I kind of fucked myself cuz of my spoiler-free section. God, I was saying so much shit. I was just going wasn't even really thinking. But the about thing
1: it. is, you were still saying pretty much things that they would have known just from previews. That's <laughs> fair.
0: I actually didn't stray much from them. Um one one trope that this movie played into that I am starting to get annoyed with, because it's a more recent trope. Can we stop with the thing where people have collectible toys? And people look at them like older adults look at them like they're crazy for being an adult with collectible toys. Can we get past that at this point? Is that not a common enough thing in the world that people realize it's a thing? You know, like that's one of those weird things that's just really starting to get to me. Like in 2023. You know, that's a joke from a 2008 movie. Does it really need to be in a 2023 movie? Where the biggest franchise in movie history is comic book shit? Right. Like, can we move past this, please? It's just a weird, weird thing that people love putting in their movies. And I don't know where is it, is it coming from something to where that's where they feel. And so they just like poking fun at it. Or is it something that they feel the other way? Like they are the toy collectors and they've been made fun of it. So they like want to put in their big Hollywood movie. That, you know, adults can be toy collectors too. I don't know. Like that really had nothing to do with my opinion on whether or not the movie was good or not. It's just something that was in this movie that I'm just like, can we stop? Especially when this movie is full of every other trope of AI and robot shit. They're like, do we also need this other weird trope thrown in there too? Like, I kind of feel like this movie should have been called Megan, the truth of the trope or something like that. Like, it's, it, this is a trope filled movie. And. And, and that might be something that tailors your enjoyment of this too how much you enjoy those tropes because having a trope in a movie or a cliche in a movie is not necessarily a bad thing it's whether or not you personally like those tropes or not you know
2: um to add to that uh I think it's also how the film utilizes the tropes in the storytelling because one thing I did like about the scene where the psychiatrist is like, oh, weird. She has these toys or whatever. To me, the best thing about that scene was what it said about the characters. Like, whenever she didn't want her to take out the collectible, and then this, and then, you know, but then she's like trying to impress this uh psychiatrist woman or whatever, and she's like, okay, let's take it out and play with it. And the psychiatrist is telling, um, I keep forgetting her name, Gemma to just roll it to her. And the whole thing, the, 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 the cool thing about that though, is that she's telling her to roll it to her and interact with her. That's what the psychiatrist was trying to get her to do. Y'all roll the ball back and forth and interact with each other. But Gemma, what was she doing? She's focused too much on the tech and what the, the ball could do. And she's sitting there trying to explain, well, there's more to it than that. The ball does this. That. And then the psychiatrist is like, Gemma, just roll the ball to her and play with her. And that was a great microcosm for the whole thing about like being so fixated on the technology stuff. And not just connecting and interacting with each other or interacting with the child. So for me, yeah, you're right. Yes, the overuse of tropes can be bad. But make it mean something, man. Make it a, a make it an integral part of your storytelling. And that's what I mean by this was really story driven. Like those little things, to me, up the quality of this. From just something that you just see all the time, but it's not used as effectively.
0: That's an fair assessment of that trope, with 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 this movie, Justin. Because that's you know like the second half of that scene, you know what I mean? And I I do think that this movie did handle some of that stuff too well, but then I'd say on the flip side, it resolves it weirdly abruptly. Like they have those issues throughout the entire movie. And then all of a sudden at the end of the movie, they just sit down and she's like, Hey, you can feel sad. It's okay. And then that little girl's like, thanks aunt. Fuck Megan. Let's go. Like, it's just so abrupt that they resolve those things. I think that those were great things to have in the movie and to talk about in the movie and all this other stuff but that is the abrupt finalization of that moment way too quickly. And I did not necessarily appreciate how they resolved those themes because it was very quickly done with that stuff. And I think that that's kind of one of the problems with this movie too, is that the way it handles a lot of these story arcs and elements and themes is the abruptiveness of them all. The movie ends in a very abrupt way. That emotional story arc with yeah. it all. Ends in an abrupt way, you know. It so it 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 has this weird. Yeah, I agree with that balance to it all that I don't think it quite hits. And then when you get into some of these other tropes and themes with some of the stuff like the AI stuff, especially, I am deeply tired of those tropes. I tend to watch more sci-fi stuff than you guys do. That's just kind of my wheelhouse. I do love me some sci-fi. So. AI going nuts. I've seen that in episodes of TV shows. I've seen it in movies. I've seen it in comics. I've seen it in graphic novels. I've seen it in games I've played. I've seen it in every possible form of fucking media you could possibly ever consume in the the sci-fi genre of these things. To just get a movie that's more of the same of that. On that token of it all. So that could be the disconnect I have with this movie over you guys a little bit more with that is that those tropes are infinitely more tiresome to me.
1: You see them more or yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: And so maybe that's where it's rubbed me a little raw in that regard when it comes to something like this. And maybe I would have like me personally appreciate appreciated it. Delving more into the horror side. I think one thing that this movie had potential to do, and I think it would have been even better if it had done that. You could have more or less kept the movie the same, but have the trailers just be about the emotional side of things. Don't actually show me any of the crazy shit. Just make this movie seem like it's about a girl that lost her family and her aunt works at a toy company and gives her this doll to help her get over it. And then when I go see the movie, it's murders and mayhem and all this other stuff. Probably would actually liked it a little more. If you had surprised me that way. Instead of making it seem like it's gonna be some murders and some, you know, mayhem. And it actually be on the lighter side of it. So I guess, yeah, weirdly, your expectation of war, what this movie is kind of that weird like philosophical puzzle of whatever you want this movie to be when you go into it can really fuck with your opinion of it like drastically. And I, I, think, I think, I think even a little bit more so than in general, because I know anytime you consume any sort of media that, that is the gambit you run, whatever you want it to be or your expectations of it can drastically affect whether or not you enjoy it. I think this one runs that gambit a little stronger than other movies because it there's multiple genres and multiple things it can fit into. And so if you're not really expecting or leaning into any of, like, one particular thing a little bit more than the other, it can hurt you. Like, I'm going in wanting robot slaughter horror. I understand it is PG-13, but you can do some... PG-13 deaths, you can still give me a PG-13 massacre. You know, and so I think maybe that's kind of what I lean into it. It also could be that I did not realize this movie was PG-13 until I think the week before it came out. Not the week it came out, but like the week before. I I just automatically, I'm not going to lie, I automatically assumed this was going to be a rated R movie.
1: Same. Just based yeah. on
0: what it was, you know. They're like, oh, dancing robot horror film. And I'm like, it's going to be rated R. And then it wasn't. So I think maybe that is part of it, too, is that my expectations for this movie for so long was that it was automatically going to be rated R. So I'm thinking it's going to be a death frenzy. Until all of a sudden, you know, like I said the week before, I find out, you know, they did reshoots. To actually get it down to a PG-13. So, I don't know. There's a lot of complex issues with this. But also, yeah, I was very super tired of the AI stuff. It's just, it's always the same. And this movie didn't do anything different with it at all. The whole AI construct of, you know, it learning and doing this and that and automatically becoming a murder robot because it learned shit. That's just every movie like this. That kind of bummed me. I mean, shit, we got that in Avengers: Age of Ultron. You know, like it's you know, it's just every time they are they're like, oh, people, humanity, bad, murder, shit. Just like, ugh, so saddening. And which is funny, that kind of bums me out. But essentially, that's what I want this movie to be: is murder robot but still just the way they did the AI stuff it still bummed me out. I don't know. Maybe this movie did have no shot because I want it to be murder robot, but then I also don't want the reason for the murder robot. Maybe I don't even know what the fuck I want for a movie.
2: <laughs> yeah. Like I'm just kind of confused. Cause it's like, you're saying it had too much of this trope, but yet you wanted the murderous robot trope. So it's like, I guess you just wanted a different trope
0: than the trope that you got. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe it's in my head. If you're going to use the murder robot trope, go into real fucking hardcore murder robot. You know what I mean? Like we you were saying earlier, how do you use the trope? You use the murder robot trope to kill four people. Yeah. To me, if you're going to use murder robot trope, kill 20. Maybe that's what it boils down to is it's how they use the trope. They didn't go far enough for me to, I think, maybe justify them using it. Maybe that's what it is. But I also get that I'm not going to lie. I'm listening to myself talk and I'm like, I'm full of shit. But it's how I feel in my heart. That every time they talked about the (laughs) AI and it learning, I'm just like... Uh, so I don't know, maybe, maybe my own internal you know whatever has this movie set up
1: to fail, no matter what do you need a Megan robot to talk to you about your feelings? I do so she can play them back to you and she and can record you. me
0: saying <laughs> I want her to be a murder robot, but not use a murder robot trope,
1: yeah. and
0: then she'll her head will start shaking. Because I will have just paradoxed this robot into killing itself. (laughs) See, and maybe that's my other side of it is the fact that I've seen so many of these AI murder robot things where in like, sometimes you have to confuse the robot. You know what I mean? You have to introduce the paradox that confuses it. And it's like, but it just starts shaking and explodes. Maybe I'm automatically doing that in my own head because I've seen this. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I could have defeated Megan real quick. I don't know. Anyway. Uh Jastin. What's some more spoiler thoughts?
2: Well, uh, kinda to that point that um that I was making about with that whole scene with the ball and everything. Honestly, I think that the strength of this movie is how the tropes are utilized. Like, I mean, I, th- I don't think anybody's going to debate that it has plenty of them. I mean, the this whole premise is just one big trope at this point. So to me, the, the more important thing for me was how everything was executed, how stylish it was. You know, now if you're going to do the same thing as somebody else— Can you do it with some style? Can you do it with, um, can you execute it better than some of the other things that I've seen? This is better than that Child's Play movie that we got where they did the same premise. And so, like, and I think that that's a good comparison to make to this.
0: What are the differences? One of the things that's funny about it is we got that Child's Play movie with the murder robot, right? We got that movie. And it doesn't live up to the hype at all. But weirdly enough, what lives up to the hype when it comes to Chucky is the, the TV series. Huh. Chucky, the TV series, fucking fantastic. See, I heard it was good. It, it It's what you want the demonic murder doll to be. You know? And I think part of it is, is like... It didn't work in the new Child's Play because we were used to demonic murder doll you know it had like loads of personality you know what i mean like chucky had personality to him so when we got robot murder doll chucky it strips it all away there's no personality to it and just to to like tie it back to this real quick with what you're saying at least Megan was good at giving the robot personality. My- that's what I was about to say. Oh, my Megan bad, had my a bad. ton of personality. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, well, well yeah, but 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 that's kind of where I was getting to. When I look at those two movies, I think those are two movies to compare. Because both of them essentially tried to do the same thing, right? It was the whole AI goes bad and then we have this dog killing spree, right? That that, that was an updated Version of child's play is what both essentially both of these movies are trying to do. But the difference is style, man, and energy and personality. That's the difference. And this movie has so much of that. And I think that that's the reason why most people are walking away saying this was a lot of fun. I was digging this. It's the it's the style that Megan had. It was the 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 energy that she had. It was just the way that she would do things, playing back a, a favorite song that that girl likes to kind of siren her back to, to a calming, soothing feeling and stuff like that, you know. And then her singing in that robotic voice, but hitting those notes and all that kind of stuff, you know, you're sitting there laughing, but. At the same time, it was kind of like in those moments, it was somewhat heartfelt. Like it was some heavy stuff with her cried about her, you know, parents dying and stuff. And then Megan kind of comes in and effectively calms her down and soothes her and kind of does a, a, a little bit of parenting almost and kind of cheers her yeah. up. And it's kind of in that moment was a a a good friend was you see a best the appeal friend.
1: for children and why they would be into that doll like she yeah. was good at playing that if you're an adult, you understand why she's a little bit creepy and weird, but if you're a kid, she's right on that border of like they wouldn't know they just think she's being being your friend being being Megan, you know
2: mhm-, being cool and all of that kind of stuff, and I think it seems like that. Where this movie excels over something like Child's Play. Because in that, you know, the, the the Chucky doll in that movie, in that updated Child's Play, had a relationship with the boy. But there was no scene between them that hit like the scenes here in Megan. Like, I loved the interactions with Megan and the kid. I thought that they were great. Or when she would ask her a tough question, I liked some of her answers as far as I, I, you could see the wheels turning in the AI's head. And then the AI is trying to answer it and, you know, get, get, give it back to her. But at the same time, you really got this sense that the AI was really trying to befriend and help. And you, and you could also understand like where the thought process of protection and all of that stuff, um, got perverse. And yeah, we've seen that AI stuff before, but I liked what it was doing to the kid. And I think that that's why I like this story a little bit more. I like that the narrative didn't just focus all on that. Oh, look at this robot become evil. We know that that's going to happen. What I liked about the narrative was that it chose to pay more, a little more attention to this kid And what was happening to Gemma ignoring the kid, not connecting with the kid and sort of the dependency that the kid was starting to have on the doll. And I think because it leaned more into those storytelling elements more than it did the Megan is becoming evil and Megan is going to start being overprotective and all of that kind of stuff. I think it served the narrative better. Also, with Gemma, the um, the, the aunt, with her with also kind of exploring the corporate side of that, too. When, he, when you would go and be at her job and they're talking about, man, we got to advertise this new toy, but we got to make it cheaper and all of this kind of stuff. And like, I really got a sense for the pressure that she was under. I think like in the other Child's Play movie, it just kind of you didn't care about what the adult was doing. I I don't even remember like what they were doing or how they were connected to, to me, this was way more effective storytelling where what Gemma was doing was definitely connected to what the daughter was doing versus what Megan was doing. Like you saw all those connected pieces and the narrative was trying to make you understand how, how this connection is going awry. The, the fault of why this doll became evil or became self-aware or became overprotective wasn't just because of an evil devil spirit or because they just, you know, were self-aware out of nowhere and just got mad. I also like Megan Megan's reasonings, like how when we got to the end of the movie and she was like, Gemma, you're not fit to be a mother. You haven't shown that you want to be a mother. Your solution for being a mother was to just put me here to be what, um, what the girl needs and everything like that. Like, I-, I liked even some of that. You know, it felt a little more nuanced than just what we typically get, where it's just, oh, it's a demon or... Now the, the 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 doll wants everything for herself. You got the sense that Megan was seeing that Gemma was not paying attention, was not there. Sort of avoided those grown-up conversations and avoided connecting, kind of like rolling that ball, right? So to me, I guess that's why I enjoyed this so much. You know, it didn't bother me, I guess that I wasn't sitting there while I was watching all of this going, where are the kills that never came across to me? I guess the story they got me with the story they were telling. And that was, I guess enough for me to where I wasn't looking for the killing. I knew it was going to come. I knew it was going to happen, but what intrigued me more was what they were saying about that. Like the, the, and the, and the codependency and this, how we can sometimes, like you were saying a while ago, somebody dies and we're experiencing grief and we sort of drowned ourselves in technology and social media and kind of depend on it. But it's not like really what we should be doing. And while, yes, we've seen that message before, I just thought it was well executed here. I, I thought that those three made me care about it here More than when I've seen it done in some of the movies and stuff like that. So I think that that really drove my enjoyment for this. You know, it it really did. I just just really enjoyed that aspect of the story. And then when it did get to the killing, even though, yes, it was PG-13 and I wanted more blood, I wasn't mad at what I got. You know, that dancing scene with everything that happened there and then the kills that happened on the elevator and then her kind of strutting out of the elevator um, all cool and shit and then everybody looking and getting scared or whatever, it was fine. Uh, You know, a a lot of the kills were cool. Um, The ending of the movie was very cool. I was so hoping, I was like, I hope she takes control of that Rob robot. And throws down with Megan. I was so hoping that that was going to happen. And I was happy when it did happen. Maybe some people are like, oh, that was predictable. You could see that coming a mile away. But I was like, please happen. I really wanted to see that happen. And I thought it was kind of cool at the end that the kid kind of remembered the, their time that they spent with that old robot. And it was a very uh, Terminator um. A lot of that was uh, some Terminator homages there with the old model beating the, the you know, using the older model to beat the newer model. Whenever she was, Megan was split in half and she was doing the crawl and coming towards her. That was straight out of Terminator 1. So, dude, I was totally feeling all of that. I was feeling all those homages. I thought that that was, that that was cool. And, and, of course, at the end, we defeat... Megan, which we knew would have to happen, but in classic horror movie fashion, they left it open for a sequel. You know, her consciousness was downloaded into the cloud in that machine or whatever happened there. And, you know, now if we want a sequel with an army of Megans, if we want to do something next time where we go a little more extreme with what's happening and the killing and stuff like that. I think you it opened it up to do a second movie where you could be a lot more like, um, where you could probably do a lot more stuff. But I don't know, man. I appreciated this movie caring about the story it was telling and kind of letting that build. So by the time you get to the killing, we've seen enough of these characters to understand why it's happening. I understand why Megan's doing it I I see what she's trying to do. And then when she's revealing her ultimate plan to Gemma or whatever, yes, it's an outrageous plan that this robot thinks it could take care of this child. But still, at least it stayed in line with the story we were telling from the beginning. The robot seeing that, that that this person's guardian or mother is not really caring about her like she should, taking matters into her own hands and ultimately thinking, okay, I'm going to do it. And then when the child turned on her, she then reverted back to, okay, fuck you both. You know, which that was my one complaint. I didn't want her uh, to turn on the little girl. I didn't want that at the end, even though she did it and was like, okay, fuck you both. And I'm just going to try to kill you both. I really thought what we were going to get was once Megan got killed, I thought her last words were going to she was going to look at that kid and say, I still love you or "I, you're you're my best friend. Or I thought she would still have some emotion towards the kid. I don't think I would have turned her completely. I still would have think I would have made it all about trying to replace this kid like as the guardian and the protector and all of that, you know, get why they did it. But I wouldn't have flipped her at the end there.
1: I mean, especially be with, yeah, the whole idea that Megan is supposed to be her protector. You know, supposed like her one rule, her one command was keep her safe no matter what. And like just suddenly because, and I get that she had more knowledge. She kind of grew into her own self-made robot, if you will. But I thought that that was going to be the rule that she kept too, because that was the one thing. Like, there were no parameters, there were no boundaries that Gemma set except for keep her safe, you know? So, yeah, that one I was kind of hoping also would not happen, but they did it, so.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I mean, um, Heather, keep going. I mean, you are done, right, Justin? Like,
1: I'm not imagining
0: that. Okay, good, good, good. Heather,
1: what what are some of your thoughts? Um, well, I actually at first didn't think I was going to like the therapist because when we first see her, she came in and she seemed like the absolute most judgmental therapist that I've ever seen. Like (laughs) she just acted like this, this woman who's never had a kid before, you know, lived alone after a week if that was just going to have this really tight relationship with this girl and like was going to just have, like, I don't know. I just, I feel like she expected that she was just going to be like amazing at this right away. And like, just judged her for not like, Oh, you don't have any toys in the house. And like, just all these things where it was like, I mean, has it even been a week? I mean, all the stuff that they got to deal with in the wake of like, the parents dying and all this stuff. And you just expect after a week, they're just going to be like super tight. It was just a very weird thing.
0: I was weirded out by that though. How do you work at a fucking toy company and you just got nothing? You did. None of your coworkers are coming by just to yeah. bring you a couple of things. Nothing like you got yeah. just no toys, but some collectibles you work for a fucking toy company.
1: That's fair. That is absolutely fair to say, but yeah. I mean, but also like she was always so buried in work. Like she seemed personality wise, like she wouldn't have been the person to just play with things for fun. Like it seemed like she was almost like, I just need to build. I need to work on it. Like, you know what I mean? So I guess I didn't think about that. But um, yeah, it just, I was very off put by that. Cause I was like, that's not, uh, that's not how a therapist should be at all especially given the situation that they've both been thrown in out of nowhere. You know what I mean? And like, and also like, I just thought it was weird and maybe it is a thing, but I don't know if it is to just sit there and be like, okay, go and you're basically just like coordinating how you want them to be interacting. So you could just watch them awkwardly interact in the way that you've told them to, (laughs) Like that just felt very counterproductive to me where they're like, okay, I'm going to sit here and watch you roll a ball back and forth to each other. You know, I'm just going to like, she's just like basically almost as if she was babysitting two children. It's what it felt like. And I was like, what is this interaction? This is the weirdest visit I've ever seen a therapist do, you know? And like, I don't know. It was just like a weird setup of, I'm just going to watch you. Like, you know, what would you guys be doing right now? And like, it just felt very much like you're not going to get an actual genuine moment or interaction between them with the way that you're acting about this right now it was super weird to me but I just that kind of irked me a little bit but later on the the part that the therapist plays in this movie is a very big role and she actually when she's talking to Gemma about the whole um idea of um attachment theory you know what I mean like that whole Scene where she's explaining to Gemma like what's going on with the little girl I thought that was very good and I thought that interaction felt very much more like how you should be acting in this situation so I changed my opinion of the therapist but I was like this is the therapist the whole way through I'm gonna have issues with this lady (laughs) this is just the not the type of therapist these people need for what they're going through you know but um but yeah like her her whole explaining you know what was happening with um the little girl's feelings was it it turned out to be very good and very helpful and insightful for gemma and that's the thing that i think they also did kind of well in this movie is the character development of gemma specifically because you know she she's clearly somebody who also doesn't express her emotions because when, you, when she finds out that her sister has died, zero emotion was shown until the one interaction that they have talking about how it's okay to feel the way you feel. Um, zero of that. And I think also like she was starting to see a little bit of how um, like the, I'm forgetting the little girl's name in the movie. What's the little girl's name? In Katie. Movie?
2: I just looked Katie. it up. I forgot too. And I had to look it up. Katie. <laughs> I keep wanting C-A-D-Y. to call her Violet
1: because that's the actress's name. But yeah, Katie. Um, I think she was, she was starting to see a little bit of herself in Katie because of how she was just not at all showing her emotions in any sort of way. And so I, I do like the, yeah, that whole development of that, because even when, I feel like at first um, Katie just doesn't even want to talk about this like pet, the little pet fur game, whatever it was that her the first toy that perpetual her
0: perpetual pets,
1: perpetual pets. Thank you. She didn't even want to talk about that. Like she's like, oh, what happened to that? Where is that? Are you having fun with that? And she was like, she didn't even want to discuss it because I think that was like she uh, she almost felt like it was her fault because she was playing with that thing when her parents crashed, like she didn't even want to have anything to do with it anymore. You know? So I don't know. I just felt like, um, just that whole finally opening up and sharing the emotions. I like how they progressed that because at first you see that also Gemma's like, I'm stuck in work. Like this is an adjustment for me. Like I want to just kind of still do what I was always doing, but I also want to make sure she's okay but not really merging her two lives together. And I think the, the realization she was having throughout that um, doing that was actually hurting Katie more than helping her. Like she, and the, the idea that, Oh, this doll is going to completely be able to do all the things that I don't have time to do. Essentially this doll is going to be her parent and raise her while I can work and do whatever I want to do. And I also like her coworkers who explained to her it's not supposed to be a replacement for parents. It's just supposed to be somebody like a support, like a friend. And the whole idea of them discussing how are you growing as a person and getting social skills and things like that? If all you're doing is just you're with this one toy and this one robot all the time, you're not getting actual social development um or emotional development that way. So I thought that that was really um well done with that too. So yeah, I absolutely agree about how the underlying story and themes of this is kind of what I would say sticks out more to me for sure. And um I do think that they do very quickly move on to things like you get that scene of them you know connecting and then She's like, all right, let's go home. I don't need Megan. You're like, well, that was a quick turnaround. And then, um, you know, you just, (laughs) I feel like they just move too fast. And then at the end, the conclusion of the movie when it's just like, all right, well, we destroyed the robot. Oh, everybody's here now. My friends who lived, surprisingly, you know, like they're here and the movie's over. It just, it felt very like weirdly, like quick and abrupt with certain moments in, in the movie, I think. But anyways, all of that aside, um, yeah, the the robotic tropes or whatever, if you will, they did have some, some similarities to like Terminator style stuff. And yeah, I do think like if they had, I mean, you basically, I think she does four kills in this. She does the, if you're not including the dog, but
0: four, yeah. Four and a half kills, depending on how you count the dog.
1: Right. And so it was like the, the neighbor lady, um, Gemma's boss, the boss's assistant and, the, and boy. the, yeah, the boy. So you essentially see three out of four of those in the trailer, depending on what trailer you've seen. You know what I mean? And so that's why I agree. I was like expecting there was going to just be so many more kills, or something a little bit more of an incentive for us to watch this movie. And again, I know we've talked before in other podcasts about how um, it's not necessarily like the people who make the trailers, like they just, they, you know, they don't necessarily, you know, talk and coordinate with the people who made the movie of like, this is what we want you to show in it. And I get that, but it was just really unfortunate because if it had been where kind of like you said, if you go into this and you haven't seen any trailer or preview for this movie, I think you are going to be like, Oh my goodness. That was some crazy stuff. Like what? She danced like that. And then just murdered someone right after, or she just made herself into like an animal in the wild to kill this boy. Like I could see that being the reaction of people who didn't know it was coming. Um, And so that's why, you either have to have not seen any of the previews or what they really should have done is just given us more of that because those are the things that everyone was looking forward to. They're like, this girl crawls like an animal. Like, you know what I mean? It's just kind of like, what other craziness is she going to do? What situations is she going to do that in? Who's she going to be hunting? You know? And I just, it just felt like, the The little bits of what she's capable of that they give you in the trailers you just want so much more of that from the movie um so that was the unfortunate thing, but I guess to to its credit the things the little bits that they do give you are good enough to where you want more of it, you know what I mean, so yeah, I would just say that's kind of the the one thing that I would change about it, but um again, it's. It definitely, the the part I liked most about it is the underlying message of, like, how to cope and deal with your grief and your trauma more than I, I cared about the actual, like, <laughs> let's see this crazy doll kill some people. And that's what I thought I was going to care about going into this movie. So take that for what it's worth. But, yeah, um I, I just uh, appreciated, I guess, the unexpected character development that you get in this from some of the characters um but yeah that was the everything else kind of you guys already sort of talked about with it but it, it definitely it's not it's not a bad watch though it's really it's it's fun and it's interesting and there was no point in the movie where i was bored i would say
0: i got a little bored i mean they're talking about feelings and shit it's so boring <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, that's, uh, I think it's because, you know, you and Megan have more in common, probably than.
0: (laughs) I do not know what you mean. Megan would never hold a sweet little kitty like I am right now.
1: Mm, That's true.
0: I've got a cat beard. You can see it on YouTube. I've got a cat for a beard (laughs) right now.
1: You do, for sure. But But, yeah. But yeah, I I wasn't bored at any point. So I'll give the credit for that.
0: That is something though that movies need to change. Movie studios need to get their own in-house trailer people. They need to quit farming their trailers out to people. Where they just essentially give them the entire movie. And just even shots they're not going to end up using in the final cut. They just give them a bunch of shit. And go, hey, cut a trailer. Like, they need to quit yeah. that.
1: I feel like we might have discussed this briefly when we were talking about Barbarian. But props to the trailer for that movie. Because I had no idea what that movie was actually going to be about. You know what I mean? And, like, I feel like I appreciated that. That I was like, cool. <laughs> this is not at all what this was going to be in my head. And it kind of gives you more of that surprise element. And... I think it's, it somewhat makes you appreciate it more depending on the type of movie that it is with horror movies. Sometimes it's nice to not know fully what you need to expect going into it.
2: That's interesting. I guess I'm hearing what you guys are saying and I don't know, like, I feel like there's two sides to that coin. Like on one end, it the previews is what got people in the door the 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 previews are kind of what got people excited about this showing those clips was what made people go oh it's not going to be just another chucky movie you you know or anything like that yeah. you know look she's doing this dancing and she's doing all of this um f- what looks to be fun stuff the preview was energetic and everything like that so Yes, on one end, I get what you're saying is maybe you, you know, don't show it. But on, but on another end, I'm like, well, would it have had any buzz if you did, if you didn't show those things? True. So it's a very kind of delicate thing here. Like, like I feel like part of the effectiveness of the advertising was the preview. So I don't know. Now you're talking about, well, how much should they have shown versus if they didn't show as much, would it have still gotten the buzz? And I don't know if it would have. So well, it's kind of a weird, not like, wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm also saying that really, that's a delicate, you know, the, you're, you're walking the line with this movie because the movie was built on its buzz from those
0: previews. So, yeah, but you don't It's a delicate have- thing okay, yeah, but you don't need one trailer showing the dancing and trailer two shows the animal running. You know what I mean? You don't need that. Like, that's where I roll with it, is two of the bigger, crazier scenes of the movie all in the trailers. You can have one. I completely agree. You keep that hallway dance scene in the trailer because to me, that's more of a draw to the movie. But you don't give away, like, kind of show, because you don't get any context with that. So you don't know if it's like an evil dance. You know what I mean? Don't show her animalizing out. You know what I mean? Chasing a kid in the woods like a beast. Show You know what I mean? Don't show the evil side then. Like, to me, it's not a a, a tightrope at all. You easily achieve it by just showing one of the sides and not the other.
1: Or and that
2: one just scene more where she's. <laughs> so let me just see what you are make sure I understand what you're saying. So not seeing that one scene where she's on all fours running. That would have. You would have enjoyed it ten times more if you had just. Not seen that running scene, in the previews. Like, not, like you would have enjoyed well, it. Like it would, you would have enjoyed it significantly more because of that. I'm just, I'm just making sure I'm understanding you. I'm not really questioning it. Like being contrarian. I'm more or less just trying to understand.
0: Yeah. well, But you got to look at how I'm looking at it. I want cool robot deaths. You're showing me the coolest robot death in the trailer. You're showing everything about it. You're showing her chasing the boy down in the woods, like an animal. You're showing her, her, her throwing him. You're showing him roll onto the ground in front of the truck. You show all that in the trailer. I'm not saying I would have enjoyed it so So much. You would have enjoyed it.
2: Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. Well, I'm
0: just saying I wouldn't have enjoyed it as much as you, but I might've enjoyed it as much as Heather. Because to me, the two coolest scenes when you're going strictly for like crazy robot shit scenes in this movie the two are the animal chase and the dance. Yeah. And both of them get, are given away in the and trailer. I, think,
1: I mean, and there's two thing, two ways I can think of. Like if for one, one thing with it is if those were going to be the only moments of that in the movie, I want to see that, but maybe don't show as much. Like, you know, don't, don't show the, like, Maybe show the very tail end of like the crazy run or the just the the hip roll part of the, the crazy dance. Like, you know, if if it is going to be the only scenes in it, don't show the whole thing so that you do still have a little bit that you can look forward to in those moments. Or honestly, my preference would be just have more of it in other moments that we haven't seen in the trailer because they were fun and they were They were the draw. I totally get what you mean. They were absolutely part of the draw of why you want to see this movie. But if that is the draw of it, I think they just need to have more of it in the movie in general, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, and that's fair, too. Because like you said, Justin, part of that is why people want to see the movie. Those types of scenes. But those are the only two times you have those scenes in the movie. And they're both in the trailer. So then that is the other balance of it all. Well, if you're going to, if you want both of those scenes in the trailer, then have other shit too with it. You know what I mean? Like they didn't have anything else when it comes to robot shit like that. And so like, that's where it doesn't strike a balance with, with the trailer, with it all is it does give away too much when it comes to that stuff, because there was nothing else of those elements in the movie Outside of her singing a couple of times, that's about the only other thing with it. And to me, that's not enough. Like a robot essentially just playing a song, like that's not the same as her doing crazy dance number. You know what I mean? That doesn't equate the same to me. Same with her singing a song, isn't weird animalistic running because she determines. That that is a more efficient way for her to chase down a kid. You know, so you get that super creepy visual of it all. But it's also like there's a methodicalness to it and all these things. All of that's blown in the trailer.
1: They actually could have done like an interesting thing with like, if you know that like an animal or something is about to get killed... Like just that real jarring thing of maybe she's singing it a lullaby as she's killing it or something crazy like that. You know what I mean? Like that, that could have been interesting. Yeah. I mean,
0: I just, I don't see the point in giving away both of those scenes in the movie, in the trailer, because the first trailer doesn't have that. The first trailer trailer just has the dancing. You could have left like, you you don't need that other scene in the second trailer. You know what I mean? Especially when a lot of your promotional stuff around the movie, when you're doing things at the Super Bowl and you're doing things on Jimmy Fallon and all these things all have to do with the dancing scene. They base it all around the dancing scene. You can keep that as a part of the trailer. I get that. That is definitely a draw, you know, but I'm, I'm saying like, You can't give away your only other like crazy type of robot scene, especially when it's a death scene and give away the whole fucking death in the trailer, everything they gave away every single bit of that scene with the exception of like, you know, her ripping his ear off. That's the only part they don't show in the trailer. So that's why I'm like, that's a little too much. If I hadn't okay. like if I didn't know that scene was in the movie, I would have I would have thought it was like at least five like five times cooler, like that scene I would have thought was five times cooler if I didn't know it was coming. And I'm just completely surprised and I'm sitting there, you know, and then you see her go into super protect mode and do all that shit. I would have enjoyed that scene more if I hadn't seen all of it. Because I'm watching that scene play out And it's beat for beat like it is in the trailer. And I'm hoping they're going to give me something new. You know, like you see that car careening towards him on the road. Maybe he gets up and dodges it like it misses him. You know what I mean? And then he's just like, he's like, holy shit. And then, you know, Megan comes up and like pushes him further down the hill and he dies. You know what I mean? Just like something different. But no, it's beat for beat the trailer. That's a little too much. That's kind of like my issue with, uh, what was it, Halloween Kills? The second of the new Halloween trilogy. When we got the trailer for that, in the trailer, it shows like 37 people die in the trailer. And then you get to the movie and it's the same 37 people that die. And you're like, oh, you, you, you gave away all the deaths in the trailer. That's a little excessive like could have enjoyed one of those not being in the trailer. That would have been great. I just feel the same way with this. I do agree with you, Justin. It needs some of that because that's a big part of the draw with this. I, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to see it. Crazy dancing robot. You know, I get it. I just didn't need all of it. Okay.
2: No, I'm just trying to understand like, how your enjoyment was just based on, was just based on those two things specifically. Cause, and, and it's interesting that you say nothing else cool. The robot didn't do anything else cool besides those two things. I don't think I agree with that either. I thought that the, the, the ending fight was cool. I thought that when she escaped from whenever they had her latched up, um, in the lab, um, when, when, um, Katie and Gemma left and she was still there and she escaped from the lab. I thought that all that was cool too. I thought she did some cool stuff there as well. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll um, give you that the, one. The kill with the lady. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I didn't feel like, oh man, the, the only good parts were just those two parts or the only cool thing she did were those two things. Maybe that's where my disconnect is. But now that I understand at least where you're coming from. Now I understand it a little bit more. I guess I just didn't feel that way. Overall is where my
0: difference is. I, I will agree with you. I, I did slightly forget about that scene when she's escaping, when she does that shit where she wraps that cable around the guy and she walks and clamps it on and he's choking because of it. That was a cool little scene that like is possible because she's a robot. You know what I mean? Because that's what I mean. I want to see scenes that are possible because she's a robot. Okay. And then
2: the explosion she created
0: yeah. and all of that stuff. I yeah. I thought that was pretty tight. No, that's good. That, that, that is, I, say, I I did kind of forget about that scene. I was letting myself just think about these other ones. You're correct on that one. I disagree with the last fight scene because that was just normal robot shit. Like the robot getting severely damaged but still crawling because it's a robot and still... That's every robot in a robot movie ever. So I'm not really going, "Oh, that's a like that's a cool new thing." That's standard robot fare. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that's standard robot fare. But I do disagree with her of of the killing of the neighbor cuz nothing about that death scene is explicitly cool robot shit. That's just kind of a shit you see in a movie of somebody killing somebody. Serial killer stuff. Yeah, yeah. Shoots her in the hand with a nail gun and then just braised like pesticides in her mouth. That's not robot shit. That's not you enhanced. She should have made her
1: hand the thing that stabbed her or
0: something. Yeah. It's just one of those things where that's just normal death scenes in a, in a, in a horror movie type shit. It's not anything that's ex- explicitly done or enhanced. Because she's a robot.
2: Well, didn't she like act like she was the dog in that scene? Didn't she make noises like she was the dog and kind of lured her in there? And then she sort of crept out of the shadows and she saw that it was Megan and all that stuff. I thought it was just well shot. I mean, I I didn't she didn't do a backflip and throw a spike into her hand. But I thought it was pretty psychotic. I thought that it was her mechanizing the dog's voice and then surprising her and killing her somewhere where there wouldn't be a lot of noise and stuff. I thought it was very, like, methodical and smart in a robot sort of way like that. But I don't know. I guess I see what you're saying. I I guess you just really wanted this, like, super over-the-top, bride of Chucky, like robots spinning around and killing people and dicing up people and crawling like Valdo or something from Soul Calibur. I guess you just really wanted this over the top thing, I guess. I I wanted
0: crazy murder robot shit. Like that's the thing is like, like, all right. So like take the dance. And this was
2: a lot more methodical than that. And I think maybe that's
0: why you're a little disappointed. So like take that dance scene, right? I think it would have been cooler if she danced the whole time until she killed the man, you know what I mean? Like dance (laughs) the whole time. Instead of Mm. did a dance number and then walked around like Jason for the next two minutes.
2: She had that walk though. She had a good walk though. When she grabbed the sword and then the camera shot was like slightly below her. And then she started just kind of gliding down the hallway and she just had that man that that's super confident like that that queen walk i'm going to i'm going to i'm get, i'm killing everything right now but also I can we get rid of it was paper style.
0: can we get rid of paper cutters being swords at this point also <laughs> it's 2023 those aren't in offices anyway anymore <laughs> but this one like you said jastin was a straight up sword it wasn't even just a metal thing that had the the edge on it that uses pressure to cut. No, no, no. It was a straight-up sword. They had a Japanese Damascus steel paper cutter. Can we also stop that trope? It is 2023. I get it. And see for... But, oh, go ahead. No, I'm just saying. I get that back in 1992, you know, that was the easiest way to randomly have a blade weapon in an office building. But still... That's all.
2: No, I was just going to say, because now that we're talking about that, it made me think about when she did actually kill them in the elevator. And like, I guess what I wanted as far as more blood, I didn't need her to like impale him on the sword and then start like helicopter spinning her arm or something. And he spins around and puts blood all in the elevator. I didn't need anything that crazy. But what I would have wanted is whenever she, to see the sword go up his mouth and through his head, and it just, and her just like faceless, just sword goes up his mouth and then just brings it back out. And then she just like drops it and looks all robotic and turns to the side or something. That would have been cool. I, I think some of those scenes just seeing the blood or like the 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 neighbor woman if you had saw some of her skin coming off from the pressure of that um from from what she was putting on or whatever i think it would you could have been um you could have done some cool stuff with that i think i i think that's where the gore i think would have enhanced it for me a little more i don't know if i needed crazier robot but i just wanted it but the violence she did commit,
0: I just wanted to see more of it. Like, Well, see, we could have gotten the best of both worlds. Because you know how she should have killed the neighbor lady? She could have reached up and grabbed her jaw and ripped it off. Because I'd argue that's robot shit because you have to be strong enough to rip a human jaw off. And then shove the mm-hmm. pesticide thing down her throat and just start spraying her full of the shit. That would have worked. It would have been violence and crazy robot shit. I, I absolutely agree. In that scene, when she kills the assistant, seeing it go through his skull, because also being able to slowly push a blade through a human skull and brain takes a lot of strength. You can argue crazy robot shit because she's got the ability to do that. See, best of both worlds. I would have gotten crazy robot shit. You would have gotten more violence. Not that I would have also not liked the more violence. I'm just saying, you know what I mean? You could have done both, but. They skimped like I know they're gonna skip out on the violence because of PG thirteen. I'm like, okay, but you don't have to like like I said, she should have been dancing the whole time. All the way, like going down the hill, like the hall. He's running towards the elevator. And then when it does that side angle, instead of her just walking at the end of the hall, she's dancing. Just
2: doing more dance moves, the the gritty and
0: all kinds of (laughs) that see, that would have been something you could argue with some cool robot (laughs) shit. You know, that would have been just more of what happened, you know? Like, I would have dug some more stuff like that.
1: Because it's essentially a little girl, like, mentality with, oh, I'm just dancing around, learning this new dance, and then just also a killer robot. So, that would have made sense.
0: And you could have done some fucked up shit, too, where, like, the assistant, he could have actually gotten off the elevator instead of them running towards He could have gotten off the elevator and seen his boss there. And he'd be like, oh, what's going on? And then it turned around and it's actually like Megan holding him up because he's dead. And she's like, I'm just teaching in this TikTok dance. And he could be like, oh, fuck, yeah. this doll's doing this shit. And then he tried to get away. And then she like, you know, like cuts his leg and he falls in the elevator. And she does that whole thing of like, you killed him. You know, that was another thing I thought was a little dumb. They made it seem like that whole corporate espionage thing was going to be way more important than it was. He's all stealing those files and shit. And the payoff for that was her knowing he did it and no one else. I was like, Oh, that's the payoff. I I honestly, what I thought was going to happen is they were going to find out one of their competitors had the same shit. and was going to beat them to launch. That's why they rushed it. And that's why Megan had problems is they rushed through. I thought that that's what they were going to do with it, and that would make a little bit more sense to me. But it just was nothing with it. And I was a little disappointed in that. I'm not saying that that really colored my overall opinion of the movie, but I'm just saying, like, that's another little thing I was, you know, thinking about with that assistant is zero payoff until she's like, you're a corporate thief and I'm going to kill you, so they'll blame you. But also, like, who kills themselves by shoving a blade up their own neck? Like, as smart as Megan is, she didn't think that one through. You know?
1: That's true, yeah. Just
2: an eccentric thief, I guess. Kill himself like that.
0: (laughs) Is that what that that particular unaliving uh, maneuver is called? The eccentric thief? The eccentric thief. (laughs) Oh, man. I mean, I think, yeah, I just think it's like I'm, I'm tailored. Like, I I wanted more of that. Like, I don't know. Just when I saw the trailers and I saw the crazy dancing robot, I thought I was just going to get a lot more crazy robot shit.
1: I seriously still think that you wanted malignant, but a robot instead of a. Person who could morph themselves backwards. Maybe. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I just, I wanted more cool shit. Like her taking out like the whole like event full of people or something. Like that. Yeah. That would have been kind of. See, if she
0: had done a Valdo spin through those, that crowd of teenagers, come on. That would have been cool as shit. Just saying. (laughs) <laughs> just spinning with blades like, or at least like take her hand and like, it didn't have to be a blade or anything, but like chop somebody with it. And because she's a robot and her like bones are titanium, like her hitting somebody is like breaking their arm and just going through it. Cause she's that strong and durable, you know, like shit like that. Like also, I really thought that whole heat sink thing was going to like pay off more later too. Like that whole scene at the beginning when they're like, look at the Megan. Oh, no. Why is it going all weird? And he's like, oh, no, I forgot to put the heat coupler on it. And they're like, oh, no. I thought yeah. that, that was going to be a thing later in the movie. Yeah,
1: that would have been interesting.
0: But yeah, no. The face
1: that she got stuck in, that was creepy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, I thought that that was going to be maybe the thing. Like, once <laughs> once her face got ripped off, that they were going to, like, reach up and just grab that and pull it out. And she'd be like, well, that doesn't matter. And she keeps doing shit, but then her head starts like bursting into flames or something. See, that yeah. would have been cool if her robot head was in flames and she's just like, Arr.
1: right. Or like the, yeah, the facial features just start getting super deformed to where it's just like, what's happening? Yeah.
0: See, cool robot shit, man. <laughs> There wasn't even a scene where she got hit by a car. You couldn't even give me that. Literally get hit by a car and like, like something like, and it could just be a random person. And like, like she's chasing somebody like she's chasing the dog or something. And they just hit her with the car and they're like, Oh no. And then you just say her, do that creepy robot rise back up and stare at them. And they're just like freaking the fuck out. Then she runs. That'd have been cool. Shit. I'm not asking much. I just want some cool robot shit in a robot movie. And 16 more dead people. Which would have been easily achieved if she did, you know, uh, a tornado of blades through the crowd of children. Yep. (laughs) I'm just throwing it out there. Although I, it weirdly sounds like I'm pro-child death in movies, but I just, you know, they were there. I'm just saying, it was ripe for the opportunity. That's all I'm saying.
2: Maybe in Megan 2.0 or May two nice. gun or whatever they're going to say it. <laughs> You'll get
0: that. gun two. The Culling of the Children. <laughs> <laughs> that's still it's an horror right movie still good I mean it's still still got a pretty good score yeah so anyway you guys got any more thoughts about Megan
1: Nope. Nah, I'm good
0: oh I have one more thought now that I think about it why did they? Why was the aunt's solution never? Hey, let's just take her to work and let her play with a bunch of toys while at work. Why Very didn't she do point. that? She only ever did it with like to take her there to do Megan's shit and like therapy.
1: But like, right,
0: you work at a toy company, you already showed that there's just a bunch of kids there doing playing with toys, just like take her there,
1: right?
0: Like, let her play with shit. I just thought like it was so weird that she worked at a toy company and she's just like, I have no idea what to do with this child. I'm just going to, you know, leave her at home while I work. Like (laughs) you work at a toy company. Anyway.
1: Yeah. Is that it? Are we done?
0: I think think so. Yep. on that note. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Cinema Slayers Podcast. Check us out on the internet at www.cinemaslayers.com or Twitter and Instagram where we're cinema underscore slayers or Facebook where we're Cinema Slayers pod. Or uh TikTok, where we're Cinema on Facebook, we're Cinema Slayers Podcast. <laughs> on TikTok, where we're Cinema Slayers Pod. On uh, YouTube, we're at Cinema Slayers Pod. Uh, if you want to submit us a question for us to talk about as our super secret letter thing um you can also email us at slayerspodcast at gmail.com uh shout out to plug migo and mundo ochoa for a theme song and logos respectively uh tell your family or give us five star rating review we'd really appreciate it i can't do an intro or an outro to save my fucking life today (laughs) uh give us five star rating review we'd really appreciate it really help us out tell your friends tell your family tell your friend family's friends tell your friend's family holy fuck balls i am having a difficult time Uh, But most of all, tell those dear sweet mothers because dear sweet mothers love.
1: Robots that want to parent for you.
0: Fair. And as I always in the TikToks, the YouTube videos, and this podcast, just remember, according to Justin, Moon Knight is a Best Picture winner.
1: That was a rough one, Sterling. (laughs) Megan was getting in your brain.
0: I have no idea why I had so many problems. And it's on the shit that I do in every episode. Because I fucked up the intro the same way. The shit that I do every episode.
2: Are you ready? Come on. Cinema
0: Slayers.
1: (laughs) Your, Your brain was just thinking faster than you were speaking, I think.
0: It's either that or this is the first time I've watched a movie in theaters... On a Tuesday in at least nine years.
1: Your equilibrium's all off. And
0: it's just thrown me all, like, yeah. you know, around.
2: Yeah, so this isn't the typical schedule.
0: Yeah. And then
2: you stepped right out of that and then into this. So it was, like, not typical.
0: Yeah, I haven't done that in a long time either in, fr- in theaters. Like, I've, if we're streaming shit, yeah, I've watched it right before we record. But I've never gone theaters to recording right away outside of that, like a couple of times when you were up here, you know, where we watched shit yeah, and right into it. That was probably it. the
2: only time.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. We did that twice. Cause we did that with the first knives out. And then we did it with uh save your soul honk for Jesus where we watched shit and then went and recorded And from theaters to recording. Yeah. It's been a minute since I've done that. Throw me off. Anyway...